This is Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matias. Well, you know how they say there's a first time for everything. This is the first time that we've done two podcasts during a week. And we decided to do this when we convened this past Monday because it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. And there's so much to talk about. So we're doing this again. And this is the uh, Friday edition going into the weekend. Round one, one series in the books. So many more could be decided on Friday. And they more than likely will be decided by the time the weekend's done early next week. So Stanley Cup playoffs in full uh, fever right now. And it's a lot of fun. Pucks and Seven, Ryan Payne, Victoria Matiash. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan M. Payton at Victoria Matiash. Uh, Vic does work for a major news talk station in Toronto. Does great work. And also ESPN.com, uh, doing that for a number of years. Um, I'm with SiriusXM, NHL Network Radio. We have the hot stove. Here's my shameless plug coming up tomorrow on Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, Channel 91. And also uh, do some work for the hockey writers with the Seattle Kraken. And um, and that's kind of where we're at. The right hot now. stove is a banger of a show. I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, I get to guest on it occasionally here and there, which is always a treat. But uh, it's uh, you are also very good at what you do. And we actually were back to back this week on Sirius XM. What do they call the segment that you were on on Channel Ninety One? Victoria's Playoff Notebook. And and the song that they have coming is in Victoria by the Kinks. <laughs> That's good. a Mick Kern decision and a brilliant oh, I one. I've never got walk yeah. up music before with my own name in it. So it's uh, I love I love that segment. And then you're on right after me, so we get the uh, one two yeah. punch. One two. Pucks and seven punch. Say that uh, seven times fast. It's no, a lot of no fun. I, I I love chatting with him. It's uh, always a great time. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Uh, and he's been doing this a very long time, as we have as well. Okay. Uh, we'll go west to east, uh, like I think we did Monday. I think we did west east. So we'll divide it up into two. Eastern Conference next and Western Conference to begin with. Um, one team is done. So let's just get right into this. The Winnipeg Jets falling to Vegas on Thursday night. They're out in five games. And we're going to start with this. Vic and I will dissect it in our, uh, you know, our opinions and all that type of stuff in a second. And basically what questions need to be answered and how they will be for Winnipeg. That's a huge thing coming up in the offseason, which has already started. But Rick Bonus, the head coach of the Jets, <laughs> had been. Oh, boy. And, and I, I said this to you before we came on. I said to me, this just sums up the entire year for the Winnipeg Jets, going back to the offseason last year when they took the sea away, all that type of stuff. Here's Rick Bonus after the game and after the Jets were eliminated. I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we... So as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It was like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top-end players? We've talked we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. you got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. Okay, I've hogged the first few minutes, so you go ahead. Well, as my nana would say, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's quite that's he, I mean he didn't know he didn't hold back. Didn't mince words. He didn't did not hold words. back. No. And I understand I actually there's part of me 
I have my own opinions about the coaching situation in Winnipeg, but there's part of me that absolutely understands where he is coming from. I don't think he's necessarily wrong. I, the only part is they did. They have they have struggled with effort, compete, whatever term you want to choose, since basically they were like kings of the West just after yeah, Christmas. Yeah. And they just tumbled down. And I think it was very much of their own making. But my one question for Rick Bonus here is what did you do about it? You're the head coach. He You're didn't the do one who's supposed to draw out the best performances from your star players. You can't just sit there and, you know, go blame, 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 and then not put point the finger. He had to say at the end of that, I have to accept some blame as well. I didn't get the job done either. And he didn't. And that's the old school coach not taking any responsibility for the big mess. We all knew this mm -hmm. was going to happen. At the beginning of the playoffs, we both said that we thought the Jets were going to run out of gas. I thought they were going to run out of gas sooner than you did, but we didn't expect them right. any big challenge for the Stanley Cup here. There was just too much mess. There was too much effort put in in the, la in the final few weeks of the season to just get into the playoffs. So yeah. it's uh, they are uh, they are where they are. Yeah, and that was intriguing too because when they won five to one, remember they took game one five one, and many people I wasn't one who thought, oh boy, you know the Jets could give Vegas uh, some trouble. I didn't think so. That to me, to your point about them, you know, trying to fight their way into the postseason toward the last month or so of the season, they were playing playoff hockey and they were gassed. So that game to me was Vegas just not ready. Just, okay, hold on a second here. We haven't been really in playoff mode for weeks. Oh, now we have to go, and now we have to get in that type of thing. I think, to be honest, you said, what did Rick Bonus do about it? Here's my take on that. I don't think he cared and wanted to do anything about it, to be honest with you. I think that it was, and it has been, uh, a terrible fit in Winnipeg. And I was thinking about this as well this morning. When Paul Maurice left, remember when Paul Maurice left? Mm -hmm. what, what did he know? What what did he sense? It, it, is this kind of what he thought would happen? I, I don't know. I'm just trying to put the, the pieces together. Probably not. You don't but, leave a great situation, right? Right. If, if the situation is great, he's not leaving, right. obviously. So to me, Rick Bonus, I just don't think he, he cared enough to do anything about it. And I don't think that the players cared enough to respond to do anything about it. Now, of course you want to win the Stanley Cup. No, they weren't. They weren't. And you have to do that. I don't care what you say and how, not you, <laughs> I, I don't care what anyone says about how good, uh, you know, it's a team game and, and you have all this talent. But if if you aren't on the same page with, with your coach, we've seen this time and time again in hockey and other sports, as a group, it affects you. It affects, you can go out and think, I'm going to play my hardest, but at the end of the day, so-and-so, you know, told me about this and we're not on the same page as the coach. It affects you. So um, a lot of questions, too, need to be answered, Vic, going into this offseason now for Winnipeg, right? Money, contracts. Well, let me ask you, Mark Scheifele, big guys. stays or goes? <sighs> He's got one well, year left on his contract. Yeah. So Mark Scheifele you, you stays or goes? Yeah. Um, I think he goes. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. So Scheifele, Wheeler, Hellebuck, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think all have one more year left on their contracts. Those are four key pieces to that puzzle, right? I'm not going to say all four will be gone, but I think Shifley will go. I think Wheeler should go. If you take the C away from somebody, for him to just, I don't know, suck it up and deal with it like a man, that's very tough to do. Um, I think they have going into this season or going in before any changes, I think they have about $12 million in cap space, something like that. 
So if they end up finding a way to trade or whatever it is, they can free up some space, get some pieces back. I just think it's a, ma- a mess. I really do. Kind of reminds me a bit about Vancouver. Vancouver this year, they came on late at the end, fine. But to me, it's the same kind of thing with Winnipeg like happened in Vancouver. I think Wheeler has to be gone for sure. I think that's yeah. number one. I just think that that relationship is over. It was great for a while and now it's over. And I think Mark Shifley has to has to leave as well. I, I don't think Connor Hellebuck is going anywhere because who do you replace him with? So no, you bring nobody. him in. He's he's not a happy guy. You can tell. You bring him in. You're like, we're going to build this around you now with the young talent that we have coming up and the, and still the pieces we have in play and we're going to change the culture here and we're going to do all we need to do but we need you to hang on here because who do you place replace Hellebuck with it's not like these goaltenders are just hanging around waiting to no. be signed or you know acquired via trade but you got to move Shifley and you got to move you got to move Wheeler and I think the dressing room is going to be incredibly different after that and let me ask you this bonus back bonus gone you know what Sorry, i just think it's not bohan yes or bohan no almost yes it's close yeah. bonus yeah. um and this is such a tough one for me because i don't understand how he can come back i also don't understand how they can fire oh, him after either. one year I, but it's only he's a one-year coach yeah. how do you yeah. i don't know i don't know how to answer that i'm sorry weak yeah. sauce answer but i don't know how it's yeah. just i but i don't know how they keep him and I still don't know how they let him go after one year because that's Winnipeg saying we really screwed this up. Yeah. Well, sometimes you, sometimes you have to make those decisions. Admit it. You did wrong. Fix it. Try to fix it. Anyway, anyway give Vegas credit. Vegas looked great. Um, Chandler Stevenson scored early in the first. Um, I, and then Mark Stone getting three points again. He looks again every time he scored like game He's having seven a blast of, out there, right? Oh, my goodness. He looks you so kidding? thrilled. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, so good on Vegas. Uh, they advance, and uh, Winnipeg is now done. Okay, moving on. Uh, a lot of game sixes coming up tonight. Four, two in the east, two in the west. And, of course, you do the math. The team that's up three games to two, they can clinch. The other one has to win to force a seventh and deciding game. Uh, Dallas and Minnesota. Dallas, I think they're favored going in. I know there's more pressure, I think, on them because they want to close it out. This series was a toss-up to me. I think we've talked about this before, before the series began. Um, Joe Pavelski, potentially he could be in the works as well, which is great. If it's not for the talent on the ice, just to have him out and ready to go. That's a mental thing. What do you think about this going into game six? After the last four, nothing beat down. Yeah. I just think I, is Minnesota done? I, I think so. And just watching Kirill play that game, who has had an awful postseason, he was a minus two in that particular game. One Ottinger, goal. One goal. Ottinger, I know. Ottinger just looks, hes I, he looks like the best goaltender, and I'm taking nothing away from the, the kid in New Jersey, but Ottinger looks like the best goaltender this postseason to me. And getting Pavelski back, just the boost that that would yeah. provide. Hints yeah. has just been on fire. What they just have that? it going on. Yeah. And Gustafson, it wasn't his loss, but he just looked a little shakier. But they're not – Minnesota was always going to have some difficulty scoring, and that was proven. I just think 4 nothing, you don't even get a goal. I think it, it just takes the wind out of your sails. Dallas is in the driver's seat here. They just – so long as they're not too nervy and too tight at the, the prospect yep. of closing it out, I think they get it done. Uh, Dallas as well, and I talked about this the other day on uh, when just after you came on on ninety one on Thursday on Sirius XM, we talked about the power play and how important that is in special teams in the postseason. We know that Edmonton's power play is ridiculous; they're oh. at fifty seven point one percent, which is insane, <laughs> almost sixty. I mean, you think about that fifty seven point one, right? Um, and side note, Winnipeg's was forty one point seven. Anyway, they're done. Third uh, on that list is Dallas at 40.9. Yeah. 
So Minnesota, I know it's not easy, but you got to be disciplined. You cannot give them any power play chances, any opportunities. But I'm with you. Jake Ottinger, to me, um, he does not go unnoticed when playoff time comes. I think he goes a bit unnoticed over the course of an 82-game season. I don't think he gets enough credit for being one of the best goalies. I really do think he is. In the NHL, the sky's the limit. Dallas is really happy that they have him and lucky that they have him. But I'm with you. I don't see Minnesota. I just think a lot of the wind was taken out of their sails in that last game. And you got Sega is having a good time again. Having a good and, time, yeah. and Mason Marchman is contributing. So it's not just the top line. Well, the conventional three-person top line. I know Pavelski has missed some time. But you're not just counting on Hints and Robertson. It's just it's been a great group effort all around. They've impressed me, and I'm, I think they're going to continue to impress me on Friday night. Matt Zuccarello as well. Um, I don't know if you mentioned that, but he has at least one point in each game of the series. Has at least one. So there's nothing wrong with that. If you go seven games and if you get seven points, doesn't matter. You don't have to be McDavid and get a hundred points in in seven games. You just do a point a game thing, and I think that's really good. Colorado and Seattle. So, wow. I mean, okay, cracking up three games to two. Somehow. Um, yeah, somehow. <laughs> but you know what, though? This is, this, is, this is what they've done. This is what they've done all season. They, they played this team game. They played this um, team unit with Dave Hackstall. They've all bought in. Uh, we've talked about this at length. They don't have major superstars on the team, but they have players that can compete and players that are tough and players that, that can win. In Colorado, Vic, even if even if the Avalanche were up three games to two, this is not the same team as it was last year no, at it's all. Not. It is not. And they lost a lot in the offseason. You may not have thought it at the time, but when you see them going against Seattle in the first five games of the series, to me, it really sticks in my head. Yeah, they did lose quite a bit in that offseason. It's uh they do look different. And again, we, you and I have talked about this on and on and on since October. They're not the same team without Nazem Kadri or no. at least a prominent presence in this in the second line center position. This getting it done by committee thing has not worked out. It's proving now they're really missing Val Natushkin right now. And just to get into a little bit, that's becoming yeah. a little a bit of a drama. We learned today that he was basically caught with a woman in his hotel room in Seattle, go online to read all the details about this because we're not going to do a deep dive yeah. here. But let's just say Val Nichushkin is not, it doesn't appear he's in any legal trouble and he hasn't done anything terribly wrong criminal wise, but he has a wife and maybe this personal time away from the rink and away from competition has to do with, I am just supposing here. I know right. nothing is maybe uh, fixing Mending some, the relationship, fixing yeah. some marital issues, maybe, yeah. but they're missing him. Here's that's the point. The Avalanche are right. missing him big time. He's one of their better players, especially with no Landeskog the entire season. There's only you've got now you've got a two guy show here. Nathan McKinnon, who's an absolute beast and can win a game almost single handedly. He's yeah, he plus six. He is plus six in the series and yeah. the Avalanche are down. Yeah. And then you have Ranton in. And of course, the guys on the back end, they get Cole, uh, they get, I always say Cole McCarr. Kale, Kale McCarr. McCarr. I see it. Cole Kale. Kale Cole. It's, uh, yeah. He's, anyway, he's back. He's It's like Louis and Jake so. DeBrusque from Monday when I talked <laughs> <Right>. about that. <laughs> Kale McCarr, McCarr is back. So they, they get their number one defenseman back. So we're going to, it's going to be interesting. But the Kraken, to give the Kraken full credit, I didn't, I didn't really know who Ty Carche was. I had heard the name before as right. a member of the Sioux Greyhound, but I had uh, not been paying attention to his minor career. And it's just, this has been the Kraken story. Here, this guy comes up from the minors and scores a goal in his first NHL game, never mind the playoffs, but just in yep. his first NHL game. And they have, 
contributions from 13 different skaters. You have been on them. You've written about them. You've been on them all season yeah. about the collective effort. And it's and, working. Yeah. And Jared McCann, right? He was hurt. So they won last game without Jared McCann, their top scorer. That to 40 me, goal. 40 yeah. goal scorer, Jared McCann. That to me, a second year team going into that game, tied to two, taking a 3-2 lead without your top scorer. That tells me a lot. Um, quickly back to Colorado for a second. Um, McCarr was out, as you mentioned. Um, he's coming back. Cole, no, Kale, kidding. <laughs> uh, Nachuskin, <laughs> who knows about him? But the amount of ice time, and I saw this today and I want to read these stats. It's incredible. This tells you, the difference between the Avalanche and the Kraken in depth. In Game 5, Nate McKinnon played over 27 minutes. Bowen Byram played almost 27. Devin Taves almost played 26. Sam Girard almost 24. And Rantanen almost 24. I'm sorry. That's all. It's fine. You can, you can throw the best guys out you want, but that is a heavy, heavy minute load Jared Bednar is putting on. But they don't have anybody else right now. So you have to. You know, no, I it's think, true. It's true. Right? It's like, where's Comfort been? Where's Alex Newhook? You're no. just not getting any support from the supporting cast members whatsoever. And also, Gurgiv, the goaltending hasn't been great. So there's that. And Group yeah. Hour's been better. And I never would have predicted this. By the way, I didn't predict this. I thought Colorado was going to steamroll the, the Kraken. So right. I'm happy to say I'm wrong because it's far more of an entertaining series because I am wrong. But at the same time, it's uh, very unexpected. Stanley Cup champs down and can be out after Friday. So do they win? Who wins this game? Who wins Friday? I'm going to swell. It's back home and Seattle is not as good at home as they have been on the road. I, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say that Seattle pulls it out. I am. But you know what? I said these things on Thursday and nothing happened that I said would happen on Thursday. Uh, when, but you're going, but you're going to say the, well, uh, I mean, yeah, that doesn't I'm, mean you're going to get it wrong today. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm probably going to get it wrong. No, I, I, I'm going to go with <laughs> Seattle. What about you? Colorado's going to win this one. Okay. By I the don't way, know the... about, I don't know about game seven if we get there. Right. But I think Colorado pulls this one. I think Nathan McKinnon wins this hockey game. He's going to do, he might play 35 minutes, Ryan. He yeah. is going to win this Put him hockey for the whole game. game. Do you, do you, uh, last one before we move on to, to the um, last series, do, do you make, do you make anything of the burnout factor? Meaning Colorado played, they won the cup last year. They played a lot of hockey. Uh, they went 31-7-4 and after January 12th, and they were undefeated in regulation in the last day. Do you think there's some burnout and fatigue factor no. because of the amount of hockey? No. I don't either. If they only had a couple weeks off in the summertime, maybe, right. but they still got a good stretch off. And I've heard from the players themselves, and they say it's horse manure. Yeah. And we watched the Lightning. I think it's win, garbage. Uh, the yeah. Lightning won back-to-back -back cups in two strange years, yeah. two stranger years. So, and and other teams have won back-to-back -back cups in the past because they're good. I think the adrenaline takes over, and I just, I mean, if, if you're hurt and if you were banged up from the last one, maybe, and you didn't have enough recovery time over the summer, I guess. But I think maybe you just sit out October instead, right? Yeah. You, you ease into the season a little bit more. So, no, I don't think so. I think these guys want to win. It's uh, taken a few days between game five and game six uh, for the Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. They do get at it for game six uh, coming up tomorrow, finally, after a long rest. Um, the Kings trying to regroup. Edmonton just trying to, you know, keep the pedal down and just deliver that knockout punch. Uh, to me, Edmonton has the upper hand. I know in games, three games to two, totally get it. But I just, I just think they have the upper hand in this um, going into game six. I would not be surprised if they wrap it up.
After 6-3, after beating them 6-3, I'm yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah. you. They just, Corpusalo has been outstanding, and then he wasn't. And yeah. that was almost the Kings. And I take nothing away from the Kings. They're a good hockey team, and getting Fiala back was great. Adrian Kempe is a magician out there. There's a lot good going on with the Kings, especially with some of the, your, your, their young talent, with like your byfields and stuff coming up. They're going to be good for a while. But Corpusalo was their magic bullet, so to speak, to start this series. And he just played better than a lot of people anticipated until he didn't. And he didn't the other night and he got pulled and sort of the weaknesses were exploited a little bit. And I think that, again, we said, you know, we wind out of the sails or whatever, really took the air out of the balloon for L.A. for it me. Did. And it looked like the orders were like, right, we can score six goals. Yeah. So let's go and do that. And you're getting contributions from Bukestad, right? Like it's not just Dreisaitl and Kane and McDavid and the guys who are Hyman, the guys we're used to. You're getting the support as well. And uh, yeah, Evan, no, I, Ed, I'm with you. Evan, Evan Bouchard's having he has been an fantastic. amazing series. He has been. And he has been so criticized the last few years yeah. because he was a hot rookie coming in and then he just wasn't. It, it, we see this with defenders all the time. We all expect the time. these guys, these young guys to just come on the scene and uh, compete like they did in junior. And it's completely unrealistic or, or in college if that's the route they took. And right. it's completely unrealistic for every Kale McCarr. You have another 10 Evan Bouchards or Aaron Ekblads. Remember his criticism a long mm -hmm. time ago? We just, mm -hmm. we put so much pressure on these young defensemen and they come up and they're not great right away. And we're seeing that with Evan Bouchard. Oh, this was a mistake. They shouldn't have drafted yep. him so high. And now he looks brilliant. I'll tell you who's been a massive influence on that team. Matthias Ekholm. Oh, of course. But we said that at the trade deadline. Huge influence. And he said the other day about Bouchard, you just wait. Sky's the limit for this guy. Guaranteed that with him there, he has really come into his own. You know, a lot of guys have breakout seasons or breakout times of the year where they perform better. And that's what Bouchard's doing. Um, two things for LA. Number one, they've been outscored 11 to 4 in the last, uh, well, since first period of game four. Blake Lazat said it best yes, uh, the other day. Um, he said, we're pretty good five on five. We, we can play with them five on five. So it's obvious they can't play with them penalty killing. You can't do it. When Edmonton's almost clicking at 60%. <laughs> Every time somebody says I, that, I, I know. come across <laughs> it, I burst out laughing. During the regular season, if your power play is like clicking at 25%, that's great. Yeah. And yeah. they're at almost 60. It's like you cannot, you cannot commit a penalty. You can't because they're probably going to score. You just can't. Special teams has to come into play. And I, I have no idea. They've had some time off. I guess the Kings are just trying to configure some sort of kill unit. Something. I don't know. Move this guy in. Move this guy out. Yeah. Try and figure it out because it is not working at all. Edmonton has a chance to uh, move on to round two if they win game six. And uh, for those who think of this, uh, teams who win game five in a best of seven when it's tied at two, uh, they go on to win almost 80% uh, of the time, and Edmonton took Game 5, uh, going to be Game 6 on Saturday. Okay, that's the West. We're going to go East. We'll talk about those four series next. We continue Pucks in 7. Ryan Payne, Victoria Manage. Welcome back to Pucks in 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Manage. is Ryan Payton and I am Victoria Matiash and this is Pucks and Seven. This is our playoff spectacular. Oh. I guess. I mean, you know mm -hmm. what? I should have thought that. I need to workshop that a little bit. Okay, do it. We're, we're not quite we're not quite there. <laughs> Let me see but if I are... can edit that out. 
<laughs> we can leave it. Yeah. But we are we are concentrating obviously on playoff hockey because we're right into the middle of playoff hockey, and that's why we're doing an extra episode. And we're going to do episodes. We're going to put together episodes more frequently than once a week, as we usually do in the regular season, just because there's so much going on. There's so much to talk about. So we just wrapped up the West. See you later, yeah. Winnipeg. Again, we've talked about maybe getting some sad violin music moving forward. Yeah, it, it's teams. on my list. It's on my notes. It's on Fantastic. my notes. Yeah, so I've got we can, it. We can um, play them off, play them out of the postseason. That came across That's a lot more callous than I meant. Cruel. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't quite mean it quite that callous. Yeah. But Didn't know that about you. Didn't no, know that side. Okay. No, that well, was... Uh, it's all anyway. coming out now. Uh, let's move on to the East where everybody is still alive. Yes. We still have all the series are humming along. And um, that's great as for any hockey fan. I I mean, we all usually have a horse in some race or another, but in general, it's great for hockey fandom. I'd love game sevens across the board. Honestly, it's just a lot more fun. And even if you're not, yeah. And and even, sorry, even if if you're not a fan of the teams going to game seven, you have to, I mean, there's nothing like a game seven. No, there isn't in the Stanley cup playoffs. And I hope we do get a few and we are trending in that direction. I think we're going to have a few early next week. So, but we, we're not there yet. Yeah. And we don't know yet if there's going to be a game seven between the Lightning and Leafs, but we do know that there's going to be a game six. We do. We do. The Leafs Mm -hmm. hosted now. You want to comment on this? Go ahead. Okay. Most of us, (laughs) most of you guys know that Ryan and I live in Toronto. We are, we are Toronto Maple Leafs fans. It doesn't mean we can't, we can't be objective about, (laughs) in fact, I sometimes I think I'm overly harsh, Um, but in our business life, we're very objective, but we can also say that we are fans because that's the reality. We both grew up here. We live here. We've dealt with being fans of the Toronto Maple Leafs since we were small children. Okay, so, you finished? You if stopped? anybody wants to send us money or gifts or <laughs> booze or something. Speaking of speaking of violin music, do you yeah. want me to put it in now? I think we should. I was out and about watching the game last night, and it just would have been nice. I For, for the Toronto market, I believe it would have been nice um, to wrap it up, they did not. The Lightning were the better team. They were. They were the better team in game they five. Yep. They fought back. They won 4-2 empty netter. So I really look at that as a 3-2. And uh, interesting game from start to finish. I partly blame you, Ryan, which I told you last night because you were wondering. Where, you did. Because you were wondering where Nick Paul was earlier in the week and how he hadn't contributed for the lightning much yet. And so there ask and ye shall receive. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, so he contributed. So that's, uh, this is your fault. Take, go ahead. Thanks Vic. So on that <laughs> note, let's move on to the devils in the ring. Yeah, no, I'm just right. kidding. Yeah. I'm not dealing with Toronto. Okay. Look, so the, the you, you knew Tampa was going to, was going to have a, a decent game six they, that five, they, they were going to put up a fight. Sorry. Games. What game? Game five. Game five. So I thought for a sec, was Toronto 3-1? Yes. Uh, you knew that they were, that's just how they're built. Totally get it. And Toronto knew it as well. few things that stuck out of my mind about last night. Number one, Toronto was very timid. Uh, it was like they were playing. And this is what John Cooper said after game four. He said his team was kind of playing not to lose when they had that lead, not playing to win. And there's a lot of truth to that and much different mentality if you play not to lose rather than you play to win the game. Toronto was very tight. Tampa was forechecking like crazy. They had more of more of the drive and the energy last night. And let's not let's not put anything away from all this, Vic. You, you know this. The, the numbers do not favor Toronto. Okay. And the more that this series goes on, if it gets to seven, the numbers going into game six, everyone's gonna up oh, Toronto can't win elimination games. They can't do this, they can't do that. If it gets to game seven, it's going to be the same type type of thing. No team is under more pressure 
I think in the last few seasons, no team specifically this season is under more pressure than Toronto in this first round. Boston has no pressure. Florida has no no team that's that's been playing in this postseason has any pressure compared to Toronto. I would argue that Boston has some just after the, such a spectacular season. I think they do have some pressure to move on. But I agree with you. It's not at the same level of what Toronto is dealing with, with responding. Again, they haven't advanced past their first playoff round since 2004. Yeah. That is almost 20 years ago. It it's is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. And to so a little bit extra credit, Tampa's way, Vasilevsky looked like Vasilevsky, I think, for the first time this Unbelievable. series. Unbelievable. He was fantastic. Yeah. And I think now we can do a little dissection of what is going wrong specifically with maybe one or two players on the Leafs and maybe one in particular on the Leafs blue line. It has been an awful series for Justin Hall. It's been bad. I don't like piling on. Okay. There's just right. too much of an element of bullying to it. I don't like singling out one particular player in a team sport. I don't think it's fair, but you can also like the way that anyway, other, other players were treated in the past in the Toronto market. Yeah, I know what I think you mean. It's I, been yeah, I, incredibly yeah, I unfair, but you yeah. also can speak the truth and say, Justin Hall has not been playing well. The no. numbers speak to it. And watching the game yesterday, he was literally responsible for almost every goal Tampa scores in some way or another to further that point he's been on the ice for 73 percent of tampa bay's goals oh boy 73 percent and tampa is again these are numbers which do mean something i really do think they do i i thought coming into game one that timothy Lilgren should have been playing because tampa's a fast team i'm sorry justin hall you're not fast and you look tentative with that puck. So I assume something's going to happen. It should happen coming up for game uh, number six. But Tampa's 14-2 and two in the postseason against Toronto when Justin Hall is playing. There's something to that. There's something to that. I think there's a ton to it. And you yeah. can't ignore those numbers. And Sheldon Keefe doesn't have the luxury of ignoring no. those numbers. And I don't think he will. And the, the bonus part of it is... Timothy Lilligren has played with Mark Giordano a fair bit this season. So this right. is not bringing somebody in into a situation where they're a little bit lost. Lilligren is champing at the bit to get oh. out there. He's young. He's excited. He wants to contribute and he can't wait. So rein that in, take advantage of that situation, throw the kid out there with Gio, who's a, a, a you know grizzled veteran and yep. they play together. They're comfortable with one another right now. And then hopefully if, if Toronto can extend their playoff run, win this series and go forward, Justin Hall can be a factor down the line. Sure. And that's not because we're not saying that he's, he's not a bad player. He isn't. He's done great things for Toronto at times, but he's playing poorly right now. And you have to make tough yep. decisions in these situations. Okay. So you're saying Hall out, Absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, 100%. second percent. Second thing is, what do you do with Michael Bunting? I don't know, but <laughs> because I do think that Toronto's not playing anymore. If Justin Hall finishes that check on Sorelli yesterday, yes. doesn't give up on his assignment on right. uh, Icemont, and doesn't take a tripping penalty, I think Toronto wins that hockey game. So I don't know if you have to mess with the core forwards if you are also fiddling with the decor, right? So True. I don't know. No. Yeah. I do it, like the idea of Michael Bunting coming out like a bat out of the oven. And I mm -hmm. think he will. I yeah. like that. I'm just, I want to make sure he's not too intense because the refs are calling stuff, man. And, and he can't be a liability. He, no, he's got a mark on him. He's got an X on him. Before we leave the series, here's what John Cooper said. And he kind of summed it up in only the way that John Cooper can do that. Um, after game five, 
He was talking about both the teams and how good they are, and this is what he said, potentially going back to Toronto for an elimination game in Game 7. Let's be honest. This game's so damn fun. You get two teams going at it. There's so many storylines. There's stars here. There's, it's uh, like seriously. Wouldn't you guys have been pissed off if this ended tonight? <laughs> so let's uh, let's all be back here for Game Seven. You said to me before we began this segment, talk about reading the room. Right? Not very good at it. No, are you kidding? Anybody down there outside of Tampa who's covering the series? is saying uh, they're, they laughed at it, but there's no chance that anybody wants this thing to come back to Toronto for Game 7. There's Absolutely no chance. Not. Even there's the no beat chance. reporters, The beat reporters want another series to cover, so they yeah. want to wrap this up. Everybody, nobody wants any entertaining hockey games here, not in this market. They want the Leafs to beat the Lightning 11 nothing. They don't yeah. need it. It doesn't need to be entertaining at all. No. But just John Cooper, just uh, not reading the room, a little condescending as he always sort of is, and I say that with full respect. I would love him to coach any of my favorite hockey teams. He's just fantastic, but he is condescending, and he's lucky he doesn't own property in Toronto because it would be right. toilet paper right now. <laughs> yeah. It would be toilet papered oh, to yeah. the hilt. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that was a very uh, interesting, I got burst out laughing <laughs> listening to him saying that. I'm like, no, no, we don't. Toronto, the Toronto market does not want a game seven. No, they do not. Game six uh, coming up on Saturday. The Leafs do not want to come back for game seven early next week. Tampa does, because if they don't win game six, then of course they're not having game seven. Okay, moving on. New Jersey and the Rangers. So it was 2 nothing New York. We've got a series now. The Rangers are trailing. They've lost three straight games. And all I have to say is, holy Schmidt. It is unbelievable. <laughs> right? That was great. That was good. <laughs> I've, been, I've been saving that for a day. Um, Akira Schmid. I mean, is he, is he like the state, the savior for the devils? If that makes any sense, I know that made no sense with what I just said, a savior for the devils, but I'm telling you, we, we, we've seen some of these stories sometimes. Remember when Jordan Bennington went on that yeah. amazing run, right? It's this kind of, and I'm going to go way, way back. Remember John Casey, John Casey yes. with the North star. He went on an amazing run in the postseason. So I don't know. I'm just saying it does happen, but he has been phenomenal. He has been, but so has the defense in front of true, him. True, true. The Rangers registered two shots on net in the third period in this loss. Yeah. Two. Two shots. Uh, two shots that, on net. That's not going to When yeah. you're down and when you have superstars like Artemi Panarin, no goals. Uh, Mika Zibanejad, no goals. Yeah. Other players not con contributing. Patrick Kane, one goal. Right? So it can't all be Chris Kreider. And it had been all Chris Kreider. And now they, they were awful. They were awful in that game. And that's getting skunked like that. And then they can't blame, blame their goaltender. Their goaltender was the best player on the ice for that, for that loss. And I think that speaks volumes when, you know, you're yeah. in a situation that you're now down. I have been most wrong about this series. Nah, Colorado cracking too. But I, in the East, I have been most wrong <laughs> yeah, let's stick about in the East. this series. Uh -huh. I thought that the Devils were going to give it a go. I actually had Rangers in seven. But I just thought the Rangers were going to score a lot more. And after they went up 2 nothing in the series, I thought this was going to wrap up pretty quickly. I did even, too. Even when the Devils got back into it, it was sort of the Jack Hughes-Schmid show. Mm -hmm. Right. It was two guys. And then yesterday, now we're getting contributions from Dawson Mercer. Mercer. Yeah, oh, that was a beautiful Palat. Yeah. Andre Palat has woken up. 
right? And, you th- and, and, and there, there, there's no surprise. He was successful in Tampa. He knows what it takes to win in the postseason, right? Oh, he's a playoff performer for sure. Even yeah. Timo Meyer is contributing in his own way and all of a sudden isn't invisible anymore. So they've sort of woken the devils a little bit. I still think the Rangers are going to tie this up. I do. I don't know how this is ending anymore. I think the Rangers have one win left in them. There's just too much firepower there. But you know what? I said that yesterday. And I thought the Rangers were going to win last night. And I was wrong about that. So who knows? This is the series that I think a lot of people wanted to see. And I I had the Devils, I think I had them winning in six. So I'm on track for that. Um, I have them winning anyway. So, but I'm with you. And this will be, so again, we're not going to get past game six, but say we do get past game six and there is no game seven. You look at the moves that the Rangers made, Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, all the firepower they have up front, even the back end, Adam Fox, et cetera. Um, this team is very good. It's built very well. But to me, this would be a major, major, major disappointment. If, it absolutely would. Because absolutely I don't think would. because I don't think the Devils have had any pressure at all. Because they last season they were terrible. And it was what a 60 point. I don't know what the difference was in the points. I can't remember from last season to this season. But they have made so many strides. And this to me is not like kind of this flash in the pan thing with the Devils. It's not like one season, all of a sudden this team increases their point total from the season before, and then they kind of regress a bit. This team's on the rise. And so regardless of what happens in this series, this team, I think, is for real, at least in the next few years. They are, and they're playing. They're they're out-coaching the Rangers right now, for sure, yeah. because the defensive brand of hockey that they're playing is working perfectly. Adam Fox can't do anything out there. After the first two games, he's smothered. The After, neutral zone yeah. is they're, they're suffocating. They're absolutely suffocating the Rangers' offense. Again, two shots in the third period in a game that they needed to come back in, at least get a goal for momentum and for their own mental health. Right. So, no, they're they're playing They're Lindy Ruff is coaching this team perfectly right now, and he's using what he has and he's using what he has to his best advantage. And that's why the Devils are ahead, because they're not more talented than the Rangers. Not, player for player, they're absolutely right. not. But they're winning. Right. Remember um, when they had fire Lindy chance? Remember those chances? That was chants? a long time ago. <laughs> right? And now, look, they were a win away from knocking off a really good team. Not saying they're not a win away from getting into that second round. Um, sorry, I just yeah. yawned. Carolina. <laughs> sorry, but hold on. <laughs> Carolina and the Islanders. <laughs> I know. Thoughts? And look, I'm, I, it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not. I respect well, we any team. we kind of are, but it's we all kind right. Of, and, okay. Any of the 15 teams left. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not. But this series has been a bore. Even the last game, which was a tight game, it could have went either way and some fun things happened and ended up 3-2 for the Islanders. It was still not, there's just something about, and there's something about Islanders hockey I just don't enjoy very much. It's the same with the Devils when they're playing really, when they're is, really is, concentrating on defense. It's just not as fun for me. And this has not been an open an open series or an open style of play at all, which is much more fun to watch. Even if it's low scoring, it's much more fun. There just hasn't been the pace. There haven't been the scoring chances. There's just something about it. It's a, it's a little bit of a slog, you know? Is Yeah. Is part of the reason why you look at the Islanders and you, you just don't look at them as a contending team because they can't score. They can't a score. A little bit. They still I mean, can't score. You, they do. And they, they won the other game and Matt Barzell got one and that was nice to see. Oh. And there was a little bit and Nelson got one. Start and the party, nice throw the parade. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But it's just, it looks like it's such an effort for them. And if Ilya Sorokin is not on top of his game and the best, well, the best version of himself, which is so great. Right. He was last game, by the way. He totally right. was. He, it's this, they're going to lose and they're not going to win. 
So I think the fact that Carolina just missing some key pieces has been a big part that this is still even a series. But the Islanders play, I call it annoying hockey. It's annoying hockey. It's not fun to watch. So I remember the whole effective at times, but do, do you remember when the devils were, um, they were decent years ago, Jacques Lemaire, the, the, the whole trap yeah. thing that was just, remember that whole system. It they won worked. a cup doing that. It worked. It's boring. But, and you know what also happened? Fans tuned out. I know. I know a lot of people who stopped watching as much hockey back then because we were around for all of this Yeah, yeah and yeah. it was boring. And I like the fact that it's not that style of trap game. It's just not nearly as prevalent. It's still it's still here and there, but it's not nearly as prevalent anymore because it's just not effective to, no. against some of the better skaters. And like you can't do that to Connor McDavid. It doesn't work. For, so uh, it's uh, yeah. Freddie Anderson looks Isn't that like interesting. Yeah, Isn't it that is interesting. So Ranta did the first five. Didn't look as good. Three goals and twenty-two shots in the last game. But he he's been a workhorse, and we know Anderson's had injuries, all that type of thing. I think if he's good to go, I really like this call by Rod Brindamore. You're up 3-2. I know I'm not going to say you have nothing to lose. Yes, you do. You don't want to go to game seven. Nobody does, even if you're the better team. But I think this would be a really good call. And if Anderson does struggle, then Rant is there. Quick leash, quick, quick, quick hook, short leash, if need be. But I think I, I absolutely would go with Freddie Anderson if he feels 100%. I don't mind it either because he feels good again. Because he yeah. was even he was uh, sick at the beginning of the series. He was coming off an injury and then he didn't feel well. And Freddie hasn't been great in physical you know in a physical sense for a little bit of time now right but if he is if he's a hundred percent maybe nobody's a hundred percent this time of year but if he's near a hundred percent and he's feeling good and he really wants to get out there i don't mind it either so, so hopefully he gets some goal support i think that's what they're going to need more than anything so that now yeah. you're asking sorokin to maybe be a little bit off his game because he was fab the other night and he is, and we've said this all all year long, he is one of the best goaltenders in the game. And when he's on the top of his game, he could be the best goaltender in the game. And that's with all due respect to so many other uh, great players and goaltenders in the National uh, Hockey League. Uh, last one, Boston and Florida. The Panthers winning. Um, oh, You know, sometimes... Sometimes goaltender, I mean, it's 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 the hardest job I, in one of the hardest in sports. I remember Jacques Plante said this years ago uh, when he was playing. He said, I love being a goalie. It's a great job. But when that red light goes on behind you, it's the worst because everyone thinks it's your fault. So he made that drastic error. In fact, he they made a few errors in that game against the Panthers. That one in OT, coughed it up. Matthew Kachuk scored. Oh, you're talking about Linus Olmark. Liam Solmok, yeah. Right. I'm not surprised Matthew Kachuk scored. If there's anybody who, who should have scored at that moment, it is Matthew Kachuk. But you give the Panthers just a tiny, tiny bit of hope going into game six at home, I would not be surprised if this goes seven, Vic. Really? Would not be surprised. I would not have said that. Uh, nobody probably said that going into the series, but I would not be surprised. The Panthers have absolutely nothing to lose. There's no pressure. You stick with Boston, stay with them, goal, goal, whatever it is, and just wait for the mistake. You wait for that mistake. Boston's not going to make many mistakes. But what we've seen is when they do make mistakes, the Panthers capitalize and they find a way. Now, you just mentioned it, that last win, unexpected win. I was not expecting that win at all. It was very fun to watch, by the way. But that win by the Panthers had Matthew Kachuk's fingerprints all over it. Oh, it did. He was oh, did. all over every element, whether it was drawing a penalty, yeah. scoring the game winner, assisting on another key goal. He's just, I mean, Paul Maurice called him after the game, a bleepity bleep bleep gamer. And he is, <laughs> and he is a gamer. He's he one of those players that just has that extra little element of compete, that little extra drive. I know they're all fierce competitors, but he's got that little extra extra bit and I just wonder if that was the game 
You know, like you don't get too many of those in a row. He's been so great this this series. I just I wonder if we're done, and I'm worried yeah. about Bobrovsky. I was going to mention about that Bobrovsky because yeah. he was great, he was fabulous, and he just has been so inconsistent. Not even this season, but just for and years you have to go, now. It, you have to go back to him, right? Of course you do. Okay, okay. Of course you do. He was okay. fantastic. Okay, forty-four. And so, saves. but yeah. is he going to have the same drive after putting that together? Because he's been wildly inconsistent. Right. And Ryan, when has Boston lost two in a row? Have they ever? This year. This season? They haven't. I don't believe so. I don't think they have Probably either. should have looked that up before yeah. I opened my mouth. But should have. <laughs> I don't believe so. And if they had, it's maybe once. But I'm just saying, no, I don't believe it. They, there's no way. They only had 14 regulation losses. Maybe one overtime loss combined, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. To expect Boston to lose two in a row in the postseason after having the season they just enjoyed, I really wonder. Quick um, prediction from you. David Pasternak, uh, two goals, no assists in five games. Something's wrong. Jim, yeah, Jim Montgomery said, and I, this is what any coach would say, Jim Montgomery said, you know, it's only a matter of time. Well, here's the thing. You got to, you know, time is is running out. I'm not saying it's running another season, but you've got two more games at, at the most in this series if you end up going that. Um, so that's intriguing. You think there's something injury? Oh, we're going to find out afterwards that yeah. he's like skating on one leg. We always okay. do. Once the series yeah. wraps up, we find out that, you know, Patrice Bergeron is, has no ribs left, right? Like you always get right. that news later and he doesn't, it's not even the numbers, just watching him, he doesn't quite look the same. Something's bugging him. Something is bothering him and we're going to find out later what it is. But I think maybe, I mean, I do think Boston advances past the series. I don't think that's any great statement to make. No, I, no. I had Boston in six originally. People thought I was silly that I thought Florida could win too. Well, they have, eh? Hey, everybody? Anyway, I have Boston in six. I'm going to stick with Boston in six. And then they get a couple days off and maybe whatever is bo bothering Pasta isn't yeah. going to bother him as much anymore. And same with David Krejci and Bergeron is not feeling his best self either. So right. if they get some time to heal, I think the next series That's might be key. a little easier for them. So I looked at the schedule for Boston and I zipped through it to try to figure out if they did lose uh, two games in a row. They did lose two games in a row twice. Um, once to Detroit and Chicago, and then they lost three in a row, one in overtime uh, at late stages of January. I remember, I think maybe we did a podcast and we're like, uh-oh, Boston's in trouble. Blow I the whole do team remember up. that. Remember they, that? They, they had that little mini skid. Tampa, Florida, and Carolina. That's yeah. right. Yeah. They did but still, have that mini skid and nobody nobody worried about it. It was no. a big shrug of the shoulders. They're going to be fine. So, okay. I still don't think they're losing two in a row. I want I them to because yeah. I want a series. Yeah. I want this to go to seven. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I just too. don't think it's happening. We shall see. Uh, a lot of Game 6 is coming up on Friday. We'll be back at it probably the end of the weekend just to maybe recap or something like that. We'll see what uh, what time uh, allows us to do. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, we're out of time. Been a lot of fun. Enjoy the weekend to come in the Santa Cup playoffs. This is Pucks and 7. You can follow us on Twitter at Ryan M. Payton, at Victoria Matiash. Also get us wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on the SiriusXM app. On behalf of Vic, I'm Ryan. Enjoy the hockey. We'll talk again. This has been Pucks in 7, available on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts.